Um, hey, I'm listening to a podcast that I think you'll really like. There's only one episode out so far. It's called American Radical. It's an MSNBC investigation into a woman that was radicalized to go to the 1-6 insurrection and died. Um, she was radicalized in like weeks, not even months. American Radical. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course she was radicalized in weeks. That's all it. That's it's all of this effort feels like it's been people just don't think and they just go and within weeks they're spouting conspiracy theories and not believing in things that we've always believed in. Yeah, I I heard very sad. It is. I I heard something today. I don't I don't recall where it was that I heard this, but they said that um, like you think back on the polio vaccine and who created that and like, oh, it was it was Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> Oddly enough, a comedian put it into perspective of like when the polio vaccine was created, Americans were getting behind that doctor scientist and saying, yes, be successful. And now today they're like, no, you're terrible. Wait, what? Yeah. Simply. Yeah. Because of politics rather than anything else. So there's an excellent morning news show podcast. It's just a couple minutes each day. It's really, really short. Um, but it's an excellently well-made podcast if you're ever interested in listening. Um, it's very short. Kind of like its creator? See how I see? Anyway, um, so in this episode today, this excellently made show um, talked about how there was actually an NPR analysis that showed that heavily favored Trump counties have a up to six times, it's like 5.7 um, death rate of covid and in an in the 10th reddest states it's like nine times or seven times it's it's pretty extreme it is absolutely wild to me that this this push like i'm i'm in this weird area between mandate the damn vaccine to get this thing done and also don't tell me what to do with my body like I'm in, I'm in that space and, and I understand being there. I don't necessarily love the idea of mandates, but also 700,000 Americans have died from this contagious thing that we can actually stop. So like, there's that. Now, here's the thing though. What I don't understand. I think I see something that you want to say about that. So I'm going to give you the oh, it, I'm like, my tongue is, I, I'm tasting copper. There's so much, yeah, yeah. I've bit my tongue so strongly. Uh, but what what is wild to me is the the people who fight against the mandate simply because they're like, well, see, vaccines don't really work because even the vaccinated can get it and they're maybe not in the hospital, but they can still get it. And I'm like, wait, hold on, hold on. The vaccinated, even if you get it, it is extremely mild compared to those who are not vaccinated. I I, I now personally am one degree separated from two people who have died from COVID who were not vaccinated. Like it's that close to home now. And because they chose to not get vaccinated, even though they could, they contracted it and died. And people are still, are still like, well, yeah, but I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. And I'm thinking two years into this and that's your basis for making decisions is, well, even though they're vaccinated, you can still get it. Yeah. But if you're not, you're going to die. Yeah. But I just don't think that it should be a mandate. No, but maybe it should anyway. That's not what I wanted to say. I agree with you. That's not what I wanted to say. What I wanted to say is 
places like Mississippi are doing. Don't tell me what to do with my body. We're going to fight against the mandate. But also we're going to go all the way to the Supreme Court to tell half of the population what to do with their body. Yep. Anybody with a uterus, we're going to tell them what to do with their body. Oh, yeah. So that's where my head is at. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that you you have no opinion in this. If your position is a person with a uterus should not be able to have an abortion, then you do not get to, with the same stupid mouth, say, don't tell me what to do with my body and force me to get this vaccine. Yep. Period. Also, Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks that cancer is contagious. You really got to start listening to my news podcast. Um, that was in the news today also. She literally tweeted, you know, 400,000 400, people die every year or 600,000 people die every year from cancer and never once oh, yeah. has the country shut down. It's not fucking yeah. contagious, you idiot. Yep. Like, I don't know what to yes. tell you. Like, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry, but that's a stupid fucking thought. Yeah. Amen. And also, if, like, he, she wouldn't want to pay to cure cancer anyway you're telling me right now that there's no cure for cancer in a fucking lab right. you're telling me right now no of course there i'm sure that we are this close to having a cure for cancer but it also makes a lot of money to you know do things like treat cancer that's how we got a covid vaccine this quickly because a whole lot of people spent a whole lot of time trying to cure and prevent hiv and aids but because that is typically a homosexual man's disease, yeah. then it never like went all the way. It was never funded all the way to actually be able to. Right. Anyway, don't know what to do with my body. Shut up. Don't yeah. say two stupid things out of your stupid mouth. Yep. Say one stupid thing out of your stupid mouth. <laughs> That's all I can handle on in a day. Yeah. Uh, so this is not the COVID uh, episode, despite our. <laughs> I was hoping to initial... distract you because I know what this episode is about and I'm not prepared. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I think uh, we're two, almost two years into this, two years of it becoming like, like in the news, common parlance. It was here before March of 2020. Let's not be, let's not be foolish. It, COVID was here. Um, but like, all, like almost two years now that we've been dealing with you know, shutdowns and vaccine talk and all this stuff and the, and the crazy conspiracy theories. Um, and so it still is wild that it's at the top of our show because it should just be gone, <laughs> but it's just not. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, today I, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, we have ideas and thoughts on books Yeah. to you to, to read, to expand. You've read a ton. So I think you're prepared enough. This isn't like one of those I mean, sure, research but shows. I guess, but I lately have been feeling so um, overscheduled on my own accord. Let me tell you, once they opened up Disneyland, then suddenly it was like that whole free <laughs> time thing goes right out the window yeah. when yeah. one full day of your weekend is spent at a theme park. Every week. <laughs> Every, just about. Um, so this morning I was just thinking like, I haven't, like, I haven't read a ton. And then, um, but you are very, you read more. Well, so you have more full, thoughts on this full transparency in the last few months. I haven't read very much. I had set a goal for myself of like 30 books this year. And I think I'm Same. only halfway through that. I kind of quit reading middle of the year. I, I last year, 2020 the pandemic hit. Everything kind of went a little bit off, um, you know, post or, or leading up to the, the uh, election, everything else. Like a lot of people suffered anxiety and other, other things 
that I didn't 2021 off the fucking rails, man. Now, with that said, I had done some reading and over the last couple of years, I've done some reading. And so I've got a stack of books here that I would suggest people consider when they are trying to expand their view of their America. Um, but I think for you, my, 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 I'm going to tell you how to be okay. Oh, great. Yeah. That's, let me tell you that you're, you've picked the right moment and the right audience (laughs) to tell what to do and how to be. (laughs) No, what I, what I am though, what I do value from you in this discussion is the fact that when you read, you actively seek out voices that aren't like you. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's a lesson to take away from this entire thing. Like if you don't listen to the rest of the show, the episode, I mean, you're bad, but I guess that's okay. The biggest thing is to go, go to voices that don't look or sound like you. Mm -hmm. That's it, man. Like there are, there are some great books here that I want to kind of at least reference that are educational and that will help expand your knowledge. But beyond that, even just reading fiction from other people, huge. Yeah, those are going to be some of the books I suggest um, just because our the book club that we did, my friends that I did this year, which was ambitious of us to decide to do a book club. Uh, a lot of those books were written by authors that, that were, I think they're all women. Um, none of them are white. And it really, you know, they're all fiction. It's all like fun story. Not fun. But, you know, it's all <laughs> it's all fiction. It's all not based in the real world, some of it, but it, it kind mm. of, um, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it. It's, it's books. I'm going to explain the books. Don't worry about it. I'll get there. I'll get there. But even with fiction, you know, looking at authors that are, you're just going to expand your world and, and bring in different, um, even something as small as like beauty products, which is one of the books that talks about it a lot, um, mm. that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. It's really interesting. interesting. So where did it start? for you is this reading of different voices something that you've always done or is this something that you started doing in the last few years i mean i've always just been a big reader anyway and well first of all like um for a long time a lot of the authors that i I was reading were men because that is the you know what gets thrown at you at school and that kind of stuff is often like men um, and then I went to film school. So you better believe it was a lot of movies and books by <laughs> white men. So, right. uh, and that's just not, I'm not going to tell you that a book by a white man is inherently uninteresting because it is a book by a white man. But when all you are reading is the same basic point of view, that is super boring. And mm. um, it's not like I went out to say, to say, I want to look at different authors that are different than what I've been reading. But, you know, as I became more interested in politics, often, um, you know, the books that I was reading and reading for fun and reading for education were not by white men. And then, um, you know, just my friends and I like the books that we found. It's, it just happens to be that Mm. those are the books that are, we lean towards that are more interesting. And then also, you know, like the algorithm knows (laughs) So then the algorithm shows like, hey, you seem like you're reading a lot of these. Have you thought about this? Nice. Which that also, you know, duh, like that, that is a big part of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the echo chambers that we 
you know, divide us, the, the echo chambers that we uh, architect around us divide us even worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And the more you read the, you know, yeah. Um, so I, one of my thoughts, when you said algorithm, it derailed this thought, but I was thinking so that maybe you and your friends like go to local bookshops and see local stuff because you live in a diverse area. Maybe it's that, but it's really like you do more online for that. I do more online for that just because we're in a, uh, we're still in a pandemic. Yeah. So. Um, and my favorite bookstore closed, so I'm still trying to find like a new bookstore, but, um, you know, I be prior to this would go into local bookstores and even still at like Barnes and Noble and stuff, you know, they do the staff recommends. And because I live in a diverse area, there is a more of a diverse staff. And so they have more of a diverse thought, um, process. And so there's different books that I wouldn't normally see. Yeah. I, so for me, you know, I, of course, cisgender, male, uh, hetero, Midwest, I, white, you know, I grew up reading a lot of that. And again, like you said, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's also just so homogenous and there are other voices out there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, growing up, I fell in love with the writing of Stephen King. And so that was one of my go-tos. Um, other books that I've read here and there, I, have, I don't stray a lot into other fiction. But in the last couple of years, what got it for me um, the first one that I read was Robin D'Angelo's White Fragility, mm-hmm. where I finally got shaken out of my out of my white comfort. You know, I I had said, you know, white white privilege isn't a thing. Like I, you know, I think we talked about it on on my America before. I didn't consider myself having white privilege, which is a privileged thing to be able to say, yeah. uh, because you know, I had, well, I didn't just get handed an education I had to work for. I had to work and go to school at the same time. And I had to do it and blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't have, you know, privilege and, and I'm not rich and I'm, I'm middle-class, whatever. And like, those were all the things I used to say. So if you're saying those things to yourself, I was there, I get it, but that's not what white privilege is. And white fragility was one that actually helped me put me on this path of recognizing what's around me, pulling the curtain back, opening it up and seeing, Oh, so that was, and that was a very a heavy book, very difficult. And, you know, Robin brought a different voice to me. Now she is a woman, says gender woman, she is white. So again, I was, it was a white voice, but that got me into other readings, Dr. Ibram X. Kendi and others. Um, one of my favorites was this uh, conversations in black. I was actually invited to be part of a book club and the woman who invited me uh, is a black woman. Her friends were black women. And there were a couple other folks on the calls. Um, I think I was the only white dude, which was very interesting. And I, I felt incredibly privileged to be a part of the conversation and to listen. <laughs> that was, you know, I had a, a couple of comments just like, oh, this is, you know, whatever. But I just listened and it was amazing. And so that book was incredible. And it's, I mean, gosh, it's so many voices in this you know, Maxine Waters, uh, Charlemagne the God, Stacey Abrams, D.L. Hughley, Eric Holder, L. Sharpton, uh, Michael Eric Dyson, Ed Gordon, like just so many. And so it was incredible. Just, and so those are a couple that got me started in this recognizing that I don't have enough different voices and seeing my America around me. Yeah. What did you have other ones or I've got a whole stack here. Should I keep going? Yeah, keep going. I'm, in, I'm so, interested. 
I, I found this one. I don't even know where I found it, but um, it's called A Slave No More, uh, Two Men Who Escaped to Freedom. Uh, and it's a, and it's just, it was incredible. It was just, it was, it's the personal accounts, personal diaries of two enslaved people who managed to fight for their freedom. And then it's also some uh, commentary from David Blight, David W. Blight. Uh, and it was just, you know, again, I never would have thought of this as something I should read. You know, you, you, we here in schools, especially in, in all white schools because of our geography and whatever else, redlining, we hear the story of slavery and freedom. You know, well, it's Abraham Lincoln. And then there was, I think there was Harriet Tubman. And then there was the Underground Railroad where really good white folks helped these people. And like this, A Slave No More is an incredibly powerful, different perspective. And so that was a really cool one that helped me see my America from a different perspective. Well, we, that's what we do in school, right? Like uh, I was having a conversation with somebody at work the other day and I said, made some comment about how like, oh, I went to school in the nineties. So like racism was solved according to school. Like, you <laughs> right, know? right. That's how, that's how they did it. Well, there was, you know, the 13th amendment, which um, I actually was looking up today because uh, I'm going to do a little tick tock, talk tick about it. Mm -hmm. And um, because it's, there's a pretty big asterisk in there saying like, Hey, except for in terms of uh punishment for a crime and then oh well we can just create all these crimes but in school it was no the 13th amendment and then slavery was ended and that was exciting and um yeah harriet tubman she did great and um was received well by everybody right. <laughs> yeah right um and slavery is over and um that was the end of it and then rodney king nothing in the middle then the 60s nothing after that then rodney king and then nothing after that right yeah. And all of a sudden, something happened in with San this Diego. George Floyd guy. I wasn't in school during that. Yeah. Um, another one I really liked. So, you know, I'm uh, identify as Christian, and so uh, looking at some of these issues, whether it's teaching history, whether it's uh, social justice, uh, racism, all these things through the lens of a faith, is always been very interesting to me. And and part of why I left the church I did was because they never addressed it. They never actually addressed it. They put up a pastor who was married to a black woman and they were able to just kind of talk about it and be like, well, racism is a sin. So don't do it, but not actually like unpack what this really means and how, what Jesus would have said about it or what he did say about it or whatever. Right. Yeah. So this one white awake, white awake from Daniel Hill uh, was really good. An honest look at what it means to be white. And it's written from a faith perspective. And that was another good one that got me thinking, oh, like, again, the, America isn't exactly what I thought it was growing up in this homogenous white town. Yeah. You also like that Jesus and John Wayne. Oh, my gosh. Jesus and John Wayne was incredible. Yes. Uh, again, written from a woman's perspective. So instead of listening to just men voices, male voices. Um, yeah, she was incredible. And, and it was very much a historical look at like how how we got here, basically. It, not that it not that it predicates everything on. Um, President Trump, but the fact that so many evangelicals and Christian right conservatives, uh, Republicans got behind this guy who does not have any of the values of any of those folks. Like, why are we here? And it looks at you know everything from the movie star John Wayne and how he was a real cowboy. Spoiler, he was not. All the way up into 
Ronald Reagan and how he was a real cowboy. Spoiler alert, he was not. Um, and why we even care about cowboys. <laughs> I don't know why we do, but this, yeah, it was incredible. Jesus, Jesus and John Wayne was really good. And it really smacked me in the face of like what toxic masculinity really is and how it pervaded the Christian world. Um, yeah. Oh gosh, that was a good one. Thanks for that reminder. I forgot about that. I lent that to somebody. I wasn't on my bookshelf this morning. Um, you know what I learned the other day is on TikTok, there was a man talking about how uh, people always say like, there's no such thing as a black cowboy. And he was like, yeah, actually, first of all, there, there were, there were many. And in fact, that is why they are called black cowboy, or that's why they are called cowboys. Back when there were, mm -hmm. this was more of a dominant thing in this country, white men that rode horses and did all the things were called cowmen. And then the black men that rode horses and did all the things were called cowboys. Cowmen does not sound right. Yeah, I think really that that's doesn't. why cowboys stuck around. But I thought that that was very interesting. Yeah. yeah. On the not heavy side of these things, Jesus and John Wayne and White Awake and so forth. And I got a couple more here that are heavy as well. But like switching gears back to kind of what you talked about, a, a memoir from Maysoom Zaid called Find Another Dream. Incredible. Again, faith, faith is Christian, but guess what? There are other folks in this world, Jewish, Muslim, agnostic, atheist, all, Wiccan, and we can all love our neighbor just fine. Yeah. Um, so uh, Maysoon was, that was a great book, Find Another Dream. And it just gave me a perspective again of growing up different than what I did. Um, and, I, and as I was looking through my, my audible list here, I have a, a lot of female creators. Um, Kelly Harms, you can thank me later. I don't necessarily remember what it was, but I, I know it was, it was interesting. Um, Junkyard Cats by Faith Hunter, kind of a sci-fi story. And it was great. Um, it's not a book, but the podcast Girl in Space mm -hmm. from Sarah is fantastic. And so leaning into other voices, like why? I, I don't know. I know why you wouldn't in part because either you're bothered by it or scared or whatever, but also just because you haven't had the opportunity. The opportunity is there. You haven't taken the opportunity. Yeah, let's, I mean, it's 2021. Yeah, yeah. The opportunity is there. It's <laughs> yes. not impossible. There are digital books. There are physical books. There are podcasts. You can get books for free. You can get po podcasts are all free. Yeah. Um, you can, yeah. you know, do an audio, but there are plenty of opportunities. There's no physical or financial barrier to at least expanding your horizons. There is a financial barrier to, you know, getting a physical book, getting an audio book, that kind of stuff. But there mm -hmm. is not a physical bear or a financial barrier or really any that you can't overcome to at least expand your horizons enough. With yeah. Some. Yep. Yeah. Enough. yeah I, uh, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. I'm good. So, I'm going to go back to so, my white men now. Yeah. No. One, of, one of my favorite from Audible was uh, Tuck Everlasting from Nat Natalie Babbitt. Tuck Everlasting, she, the Disney movie? Is it a movie too? It's a Disney know. Channel movie. It's a Disney I, Channel movie. All right, that's fine. It, is, it about like the immortal, is it about an immortal frog? Yeah. Okay. Frog? Well, no, it's like an immortal boy. Um, I, I can't remember which. Maybe it's a boy. Uh, yeah, Disney yeah but there's a, there's a yeah, frog a too. There's a frog too. Anyway. No, you're thinking of princess and the frog. No, I'm telling you. Anyway, that was a good one. That one, that one wrecked me. 
But then I also like, I've had the, the, the privilege of, of reading some books from survivors. You know, I do, I volunteer with domestic and sexual abuse services and produce a podcast called I'm not in an abusive relationship. I read one from Sheena Howard called Nina's whisper. And just be, again, the voices that are out there are incredible. Ebony Stewart, who goes by Gully Princess on Instagram. Um, I had the privilege of interviewing her for a previous podcast that I did called the Storytellers Network. And Ebony is a slam poet, black woman. Um, I believe she is bi maybe or gay. Um, so not necessarily hetero. Like she, again, just a different voice. Like when, once I started down this journey of reading other perspectives, I don't want to stop. That's where, that's why books are so important. Cause guess yeah. what? So many people have given their story into their writings, whether it's fiction, whether it's, you know, something like Dr. Ibram X. Kendi's stamp from the beginning, or it's all research. They're giving their voice and their stories to us. They've done, they've done the work. Now it's our turn. Our work is considerably less hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just open a book, dude. And, and I'll be like, I'm going to not push back, but I'm going to say this as a perspective for me, like not to say that that work isn't hard. Reading white fragility was definitely hard for me, but it wasn't nearly as hard. I mean, that's absolutely right. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's not hard. Having your perspective challenged and being open to changing is not always easy, but it is considerably less hard. And that's why, you know, I've enjoyed a couple other, again, podcasting is so, so good for me. The Strange Case of the Starship Iris, great podcast, uh, fiction, science fiction, in fact, uh, but very much bends the rules, breaks the rules of heteronormative society. Uh, there are gay characters, non-binary characters uh, who go by they, them. There are uh, bi characters, like there are straight characters. It's just, it's from, it's again, from a perspective that I didn't grow up with. And I wouldn't have necessarily thought mattered, air quotes. Of course they matter, they're humans, but I don't really need to know about that. But in reality, it's just human stories. And being able to take in that content as a human is really just kind of cool. And so, um, yeah, books to expand your American lens can, I think, cross over into podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I We talked, we're saying books, but I think podcasts... Music, movies. movies, television shows, poetry, art, all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gosh, go to your local art museum and look at contemporary art from other artists. Look at historical art from artists that don't look like you. And again, you can do it online for free. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that for some people, there is a difficulty. There can be a difficulty financially time, you know, distance, all that kind of stuff. But you can go online and and see free art and learn about the artist. You can do it from your couch, quite literally. Yeah. There's zero barrier anymore. Yeah. And I I would encourage, like, I think, you know, the stats that I've seen is that most, you know, many, the, the vast majority of podcast listeners tend to be affluent in relative terms. If you're listening to this, you probably have money and means. Go to a damn museum go buy an actual book. But if you don't have that means, no problem. You can do it from the comfort of your home, from the safety of your home. If you are concerned about COVID, you can go to a library and get a book for free. Mm-hmm. And 
and I'm going to guess that most libraries either, either carry diverse points of view because a lot of librarians tend to be more progressive and want different points of view. Or if you ask, they'll get it for you. Right. Like, you know, I mean, let's be honest. Libraries are a great place to go expand your horizon. I don't know. I went to a library a while ago and um, I was looking for a specific type of book and the librarian told me to Google it. I was like, I, you, I need your help. You are a librarian. You help me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they were just having a bad day. Maybe. What other ways do you like purposely say? I mean, do you purposefully say I'm going to do this or do you just by now kind of do it by ac- not accident, but like just because of your design? I don't know. I do want to say it's by design. Like at this point now, it's just kind of like how I, the things that I'm interested in and the voices I'm interested in hearing tend to be more diverse. But again, I I don't want to, well, hang on one second. Actually, I just went to go look at the last two book of the month books that I got without um, looking too much at the author. Just was like, Oh, I wonder uh, these stories sound interesting. I'm going to get them. And it's two women. So I, I'm hard-pressed to think of the last time. I did recently read two Stephen King books. That's not true. I read one Stephen King book. I bought the second one. I'm going to read it. Dana, if you're listening, I'm go- I'm you, uh, you're further along. I'm going to get there. We're going to be there at the same time. We're going to talk about it. What, but, what books? What books? What ones? Um, I, we read Carrie, and I'm oh, reading okay. Misery. Or I'm going to read Misery. <laughs> Oh, I'll man, be, I'll be done oh, in time. That's a good um, one. But I think those might be the only two. So one author, two books. This year, probably written by a white man. Not not on purpose, not to eliminate that specific voice, not to it just happens to be. Yeah, I mean, I literally just went to go look at those two books. Now, have I cracked open those books? Nah. I'm going to take them home for Christmas, though. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't think. I don't think they that we have to, like. Eliminate the white male voices by any means. Eh. The fact the fact is, the fact is they're just so damn prevalent. I've just had a little bit too much of you guys lately, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) Like looking at the Supreme Court. And uh, so I've had I. a little bit too much. <laughs> so have I. So yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. Anyway. anyway yeah. Sorry, there you go. It. Expand. No, I, I don't know. Expand your lens, man. Just expand it. Expand your perspective. Mm-hmm. Folks. It's so, it's not difficult. And that's, that's the list that I had. I mean, I also have don't, uh, how, I have how to be an anti-racist from Dr. Ibram X. Kendi and also the new Jim Crow that I have not read yet, but I, I have, um, but you know, even just going to like target a couple of weeks ago, I, um, was just looking at the bookshelf thinking, okay, here's a bunch of, here, here are a bunch of faces that don't look like mine. I mm-hmm. need to read more, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Yeah. um, yeah. I read, I just read the vanishing half, which is about two, um, young black sisters from a town where, um, being, so light skinned. I'm trying to like word this in a way that doesn't spoil the story, but being light skinned is um, preferred. And then it follows, you know, you learn about them as kids and then it follows them 
throughout their lives and, and what has happened to them. Highly recommend. It's so, so good. The Vanishing Half. If you can hear mm. that, that's the cat in the background playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, The Other Black Girl, which is about a black woman who works at a publishing house and another black woman starts working there as well. Again, like, I don't want to spoil anything because this one I was like, whoa, mm. what is this story? It was so good. Yeah, we'll have we'll, we'll put all these in the show notes. Um, that was our book club, one of our book club books. And we all agreed it was our favorite pick, actually, mm. of the limited amount of books that we did this year. Gotcha. Well, let's check it out. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, all the all these books will be links in the show notes. Uh, so the storytellersnetwork.com slash my America. Uh, also, in whatever podcast platform you're in they should be in those show notes as well hey it's the end of the year it's spotify wrapped if we're in your spotify wrapped um tag us Ooh, yeah nice or just if you're listening tag us just tag us whatever we just crave the attention <laughs> i just want the attention My no no pod. um um i a friend of mine showed me that our podcast that we do together was in her Spotify rap. Now it's our show together. So I was like, that's pretty funny. That you should listen Spotify to your rap. own show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, so there you go. Right on. Yeah. Uh, so it is the end of the year, which means it's our last episode of 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to take Suck a couple weeks 2021. You are worse than 2020, 2022. Sure. I can't wait to see what bullshit you have for us. <laughs> I'd say bring uh, it on, but don't, 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 please don't. don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make 2022 better. We're going to have some fun. We're going to launch our season three of My America. Uh, got some exciting things planned, some exciting things hoped for. So come back for that. But we're going to have a couple of weeks off, but don't go away. Make sure you stick around and, and come back to My America and hit us up on on the socials, My America Pod, uh, My America Pod on the storytellersnetwork.com. So we're all there. We're all, well, we are all physically there. That's fair. Any exciting plans for the end of your year? Are you, are you? Um, yes, I'm going to try something that I've um, heard about. It's called okay. rest. Oh, yeah. I know all, you're not. Don't lie. No, you're not. All of the shows are going on hiatus. It's going to be lovely. The podcasting ones, the physical ones, all of that. So I'm going to go um, down to Oceanside for a little while and read. And then I'm going to come back up here and just hang out and enjoy some free time how about Very you nice. uh yeah i mean at work we have the last week of the year off uh we're taking off friday the 24th all the way through uh the weekend of new year's and then we'll be back to work on january second or third or whatever that monday is um third third so yeah i mean that that's the the time off as far as the, as far as the end of the year goes it's just a matter of um you know this is going to be on hiatus uh I got a couple little things for Dasis to do. Uh, just kind of spending some family time. I signed up for two memberships recently: uh, Coursera, which mm. is all online courses, and then members or masterclass. Nice. So those two, and I'm just gonna give a shout out to my my work to Impulse Creative. We have a professional development stipend where I sign up for those. I paid for them. They're paying me back. That's so awesome. work is paying for this. Like, this is incredible. So thank you, Impulse Creative. But yeah, I'm going to spend some time going through those those memberships. Do I have a specific course I'm taking in Coursera right now that I started on marketing analytics? Um, and then Masterclass, I'm going to probably find some writing and business ones, and then other, some other stuff too over the, over the course. But um, yeah, so I'm going to be doing some 
personal, professional development over the end of the year. Listen, next year's midterms. I don't have time. I'm taking advantage of this rest time Do because it. next year is going to be pedal to the um, floorboards. There you go. <laughs> Midterm elections for you. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, thanks. What are you not going to be involved? You, I mean, is that how you're going to spend your privilege is not doing anything for the midterms? Yep. I'm going to bury my head in the sand and never vote again. It's not true at all. That is not true at all. No, but you are the soul behind uh, we're the people. So that's my good luck to you. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm <laughs> s- slightly involved. I don't take you any are. credit for anything, um, but yeah. Awesome. Well, there you go, folks. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, et cetera. Uh, my America pod all over the place. Uh, my America pod at gmail.com. And I'm at Dan Moyle on the socials. I am at Kim Moffitt on Instagram and Twitter at Kim Moffitt is here on TikTok talking ticks. Thanks for season two, Kim. That was amazing. You are a fantastic that was very fun. guest. I, I mean, I mean, partner. No, I am. I'm a guest and you're, you should be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs>